it. You say it and I'll move your hands. <laughs> so, uh, happy International Women's Day a day dedicated to celebrating the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women and a day uh, that Burger King decided to tweet out, women belong in the kitchen, which may sound like the worst thing you could tweet until you learn that their first draft was, why ain't more bitches making me sandwiches? Who's running your Twitter account, Burger King? Me from 12 years ago? What are you doing? Especially because this outrage clickbait marketing was, was their way of announcing, hey, we're aware of the staggering gender divide when it comes to chefs in our industry, only 20% women, and we're actually opening up a new scholarship program so more female employees can advance. But one of the issues there, and this isn't even from like a, a moral outrage standpoint, it's just the strategy. Way more people are seeing just the first text, women belong in the kitchen, compared to the, the rest of the thread they, why, why would you do it this way? Like the scholarship announcement wasn't even a part of the original thread, you posted it like two hours later. But also, hey, first question of today's show, did they actually succeed here? Right, this very likely got way more traction than if they just announced, hey, we launched a new scholarship program, we're announcing it on International Women's Day. But uh, there is also the question of, is it the right kind of attention. Though, the account seems to be standing by their strategy, tweeting to one person who asked somebody working at Burger King really looked at this and thought it was a good idea, to which Burger King responded, to bring attention to the huge lack of female representation in the restaurant industry? Yeah, we think it's a good idea. But yeah, you tell me, where do you where do you land on this? Stupid move, smart move, somewhere in between, let me know what you think and why. Also, hi, welcome back to the Monday Philip DeFranco show. Like button, subscribe, stuff, words, let's move on. Then, let's definitely talk about the, the newest controversy around Space Jam 2. And I say newest, even though I didn't cover the first one, which, uh, if you boil it down, it was kind of people just angry they were no longer attracted to Lola Bunny because she got a remodel, which my response to that is, bro, chill out, the internet exists. Someone's gonna make a version for you. It doesn't need to be in the children's movie. But uh, the newest controversy is that Pepe Le Pew will not be appearing in the new upcoming movie. Which, uh, I mean, when I saw the headline, he won't be in the movie, it felt like it made sense. It was a character that if you, like, if you really think back, his whole shtick was, I'm going to sexually harass people. But as it turns out, there was actually a scene in the movie featuring Pepe and actress Gracie Santo, and that scene was later removed, with Deadline describing the scene. As Pepe was set to appear in a black and white Casablanca-like Rick's Cafe by Santo, and saying he begins kissing her arm, which she pulls back, then slamming Pepe into the chair next to hers. She then pours her drink on Pepe and slaps him hard, sending him spinning in a stool, which is then stopped by LeBron James's hand. James and Bugs Bunny are looking for Lola, and Pepe knows her whereabouts. Pepe then tells the guys that Penelope Cat has filed a restraining order against him, and finally, James makes a remark in the script that Pepe can't grab other tunes without their consent. And actually, according to Hollywood Reporter, the scene was removed a year ago. But this, likely because it was filmed by the project's first director, Terrence Nance, who left back in 2019 over creative differences and has since been replaced. And while Warner Brothers has not yet issued a comment on this decision, a spokesperson for Gracie Santo said, this was such a big deal for Gracie to be in this movie. Even though Pepe is a cartoon character, if anyone was going to slap a sexual harasser like him, Gracie wished it would be her. And adding, now the scene is cut and she doesn't have that power to influence the world through young generations who will be watching Space Jam 2 to let younger girls and younger boys know that Pepe's behavior is unacceptable. Then let's talk about this Meghan Markle, Prince Harry situation because this really feels like the beginning of it's gonna get really messy. So you had these two sitting down with Oprah and having a really explosive and revealing interview. So the interview itself was about two hours long and early data shows that it was viewed by 17.1 million people. But I did want to talk about some of the standout moments which largely dealt with racism and mental health. With a couple saying among other things that they never 
ever blindsided the royal family or even wanted to leave it completely. But saying the situation with them and the press and tensions within the family itself just pushed them there. Through much of the interview, Meghan discussed how horrible the tabloids have been to her, spreading false reports and just generally negative and mean things. With her saying that the royal family and the firm behind it were unwilling to stop the press from attacking her or even correcting false reports. Not only was I not being protected, but that they were willing to lie to protect other members of the family but they weren't willing to tell the truth to protect me and my husband. With Megan saying that eventually all of this brought her to an incredibly dark place and she was actually denied help. I just didn't, I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And that was a very clear and real and frightening constant thought. I went to the institution and I said that I needed to go somewhere to get help and I was told that I couldn't, that it wouldn't be good for the institution. Megan also saying that while she was pregnant with her first son, Archie, that the family had a lot of discussions about the baby's status and race. Those months when I was pregnant, all around this same time, so we have in tandem the conversation of, he won't be given security, he's not gonna be given a title, and also, concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. And while neither of these two have said who specifically made that remark, Oprah has since clarified that it was not Queen Elizabeth or her husband, Prince Philip. But the remark was allegedly said to Prince Harry, who called it shocking. Also, regarding the comments Meghan made about title and security, the family notably did not want to provide Archie with a prince title or with security detail, which Meghan said broke protocol. And this was especially troubling to these two with how brutal the press has been. It also seemed unthinkable to leave Archie unprotected. It was also obviously a sensitive issue to Harry because of what happened to his mother, Princess Diana. No, they said they never got a clear answer as to why Archie wouldn't be getting these things. There were points of the interview where many felt that it was implied that it may have to do with Archie's race. And that is where I'm gonna leave it as far as the content of the interview, but you can watch it in full on Paramount+. Plus. But I will say it's been very interesting to see the response thus far because depending on where you go, drastically different. You had a lot of people applauding the two, thanking them for speaking out, especially about things like mental health struggles. Many furious with the royal family, but then, I mean, you go to like the, the Daily Mails of the world and you look to people like the Pierce Morgans of the world and <laughs> complete opposite. Calling it among other things, a self-serving whine-a-thon. There's also a lot of mocking the mental health troubles. And honestly, if the, the media is anything like it has been, which I expect it to be, uh, this whole situation is gonna end up getting milked for every drop they can get. And I imagine unless something unexpected happens, it, it's only gonna get uglier from here. But it'll also depend on how much each individual and party, uh, how much they want to go back and forth. But yeah, uh, the question I do wanna pass off, especially if you've already seen the full interview. What are your thoughts from that? And then let's talk about the updates and news since we last covered the accusations against David Dobrik and Jason Nash. Oversimplified thing to bring you up to speed. You have David Dobrik, massive creator, the people that he has around him, the Vlog Squad, and then Seth, who used to be a part of the Vlog Squad. Seth, of course, came out with the accusation that David Dobrik and Jason Nash, another member of the Vlog Squad, assaulted him. And this by tricking Seth on at least one occasion into making out with Jason Nash without his consent. Last time I covered this, we reached out to Jason Nash, David Dobrik, got no public comment. But since then, there have been updates and it also made Makes sense to talk about why I said at least on one occasion. Right, and easily one of the biggest updates to this story is that a current member of the vlog squad, Scotty Sire, has publicly responded to the accusations against David and Jason. Among other things, claiming that Seth is lying about a lot of his accusations. First, you have Scotty sharing a clip that we've seen before of David asking for Seth's consent for a second kissing prank. Do I have permission to try to prank you again and get you to make out with Jason? I'm very confused by that because how the hell could you be so confident to tell me that I have to consent to something that I'm not going to know that I'm going to do? <laughs> right, 
had a lot of people pushing back against that, saying that is not how consent works. There was people saying you can't ask for someone to consent to a future event they don't know about. However, seemingly trying to push back against that argumentation, you had Scotty saying. So this clip was cut short to not actually show Seth giving his consent, but showing David asking for the consent. This is from a period of time when David was always at my house editing. And I very vividly remember when he was editing that clip, there was a clip in there of Seth agreeing and giving his permission to film this bit again. He was like, there's no way you're gonna get it on me again. There's no way you're gonna get me again, so go ahead. Right in there, you have a lot of people pushing back against this, people saying, okay, so Scotty says, I saw it, but I, he doesn't actually provide the video evidence. But even there, you have some people saying, let's say that he did end up agreeing to it. Or you have people saying there is a massive power differential. You have David in a position of power. Seth might've felt pressure to just go along with things. And that's also a fear that Seth himself has even touched on in interviews. And actually, I think that's why some of the other video evidence that Scotty shares in his video has fallen short for a lot of people. Right, we see Scotty share a video from David Dobrik that he says is proof Seth actually requested to do a third kissing prank. Guys, this is a text from Seth from about two years ago. He goes, yo, bro, I was thinking about it. I'm down for another kissing sketch. I said, haha, what do you mean? He goes, lol, I don't really care as long as you clout me up. I'm not gay, just don't care. And then he sends me this. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not really a big deal. I mean, it's the same shit. Just, I don't know more open-minded. Right, and so for some, you had people saying, oh, this is direct evidence that Seth is lying. He was obviously comfortable. They they understood that this is what the group does. But you also had others pointing out that by this point, it's already been done to him twice. Right, Seth says that he's more open-minded. Maybe that means that he was definitely not comfortable the other two times, definitely not the first time. Right, and so I think for a lot of people, it comes back to the first time. Right, because for the potential third time, you have this video from David. For the second time, you have Scotty saying, I saw him say that he was okay with it. We also have that video of Seth going, ah, I like a man who sticks to his word. But everything that we've seen, including comments and, and, and audio statements from Jason Nash and David Dobrik, seem like the first time was real, that, that Seth was not in on it. Right, whether it be the comments left by these two on Dobrik's video or the things they said on the podcast. Right, and that's part of the reason I think so many people are focused on just the first time. It's where you have people having massively different perceptions of the situation, different understandings of it. Some having the Scotty Sire mindset that everyone is messing with everyone. Right, with people pointing to certain texts and clips saying, see, no, this is this is the environment. Everyone knew that everything was, was within limits. But on the other end, you have people saying, no, there, there's such a massive power differential. People are gonna feel pressured to do things to make David happy, to, to get time in the video, especially if it's a situation where you've already been tricked into making out with an older man. Maybe you have the thought in your head, oh my God, I, am I gonna be the guy that ruins the video? David's not gonna keep me around anymore. Also, in this giant mess that I do not think is going to go away, Dobrik himself has still not responded personally. Also, I, I track a few people that, that are from more uh, mainstream outlets that, that use this space as their beat. It feels like something else might be coming soon. I don't know what it is. But where I'll end our coverage on this story today is with an accusation regarding revenge porn. Because in addition to Scotty Sire saying that Seth is a liar, he also claimed that Seth posted revenge porn of fellow Vlog Squad member Aaron Guilfoy. You know how that's affected her? He posted revenge porn, which is actually, it's 100% illegal. It's totally immoral and so, so fucked up. Did you get her consent? Now, to be clear, this claim is not actually a new part to this story. It is something that people bring up often when they try to discredit Seth. And as far as what Scotty is talking about here, many people believe he's referring to a clip that Seth shared back in July of Aaron using the N-word. And that clip appears to have been featured in a larger video compilation that Seth shared when accusing Vlog Squad members of performance activism and calling on them to take accountability for past offensive content. And actually, Aaron addressed this in a video at that time, saying that there were clips of her circulating online that were taken 10 years ago, apologizing, saying, 
saying that she was ashamed, also stressing that she doesn't use language like that anymore. But she also said the videos being shared show her completely naked and were filmed without her consent. Now, since Aaron's remarks, Seth has also repeatedly denied that the clip that he shared showed nudity, saying that it is not considered revenge porn. This is also another messy situation because it's unclear exactly how Seth got a hold of the clip or if he ever publicly shared an uncensored version of it. But also, regarding this, in a statement to the channel Spill Sesh, Seth said that the clip was already posted online by others when he reshared it. And actually, regarding this entire situation, we reached out to Seth for comment and uh, related to those texts and audio about a third prank, he said, the audio clip and text that is surfacing the internet is a manipulation to misinterpret my trauma and experiences. This audio further concludes I did not consent to those published videos, with him also addressing the RP accusation saying, in this day and age, it is unfortunate that people are still using pornographic videos to get revenge. I have not promoted nudity, but only highlighted a peer confidently saying the slanderous derogatory term. And that is ultimately where we are with this story as of right now. We, we've reached out to David for any further comment or response. Same thing with Scotty Sire. We have not heard back as of filming this video. And I'll end this by saying, I know that some people are gonna be like, why are you giving this drama attention? But it, it's not drama. You have people throwing around real, real allegations about things that are illegal. That's why I've said, and I still maintain, that I, if there is ever a situation that David Dobrik publicly responds to, I think it needs to be this. But yeah, that is actually uh, where I'm ending this story. And today's show. So if you have any thoughts on this or really anything that I talked about today, of course, let me know in those comments down below. Also, if you happen to be new here and you like this daily dive into the news, join the family. Hit that subscribe button, like button, all the good stuff. If you're looking for more news to watch or just some other general DeFranco goodness, you can click or tap right there. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.